0: Before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years, I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. See? Don't normally sing. This is a bit
1: ready, 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 ready. Just guess when we fell in love Not knowing what it was I will not give you up This time Darling, just kiss me. You're trying to shut me up, ain't you? I love that song. I love it. Now, I'm not an Ed Sheeran fan. See, she says about me not liking the Beatles and she don't like Ed Sheeran. I mean, what? is going on. He's too ginger, isn't he? No, he's lovely.
0: But Nicola, on Saturday, went to see Ed Sheeran in Manchester.
1: Tell us about that, Matt. Did, O-M-G. You went as me, didn't you? I did go as you. I I am the official mini-me representative of Liz Jones. (laughs) It was absolutely amazing. Did they query you
0: when you showed my... Driving licence photo. No,
1: I think you need to be a bit worried because when I picked the tickets up and they wanted ID, I showed them your driving licence and they were quite happy with it. So you've lost about a foot in height and you've gained about four stone. That's
0: disgusting. More than four stone, I'd say.
1: So you're you're buggered, mate. (laughs) You're buggered. He is... Incredible. Shall I tell you about it? The staging, his voice, the man is so talented, I swear to God. Was he the only person on stage? He well it was it was incredible actually. He had a round stage. So and on the edge of the stage he had like this sort of little thing that went round so he stood on it and he went round so wherever you sat it was so well designed wherever you sat you got a really good view of him because he was constantly going round and round and he was actually saying he wanted everybody to get a good seat he wanted everyone to have a good view he wanted everyone to know the songs he wanted everyone singing so what I like about Ed Sheeran he's so humble and when he's talking it's clear he's not forgotten what it's like to spend a lot of money on a ticket and go and see someone you really, really like. And he didn't want anyone disappointed. And the incredible talent of the man to be on stage with his guitar and he's got this thing at his feet that he records stuff on that he then plays. So it's just him and he's just playing what he's just recorded at all different times, playing his guitar and he is incredible. It's just incredible. What was he wearing? Was he wearing a
0: white spangly all-in-one jumpsuit like David Cassidy? No, he wasn't doing an
1: Elvis impression. <laughs> no, he's just T-shirt, jeans and a guitar. And you can just, he's got such a lovely aura about him. You can just imagine seeing him down the pub, you know, like getting up with a pint and gigging in the pub. He hasn't lost that. Feeling that he loves his music and he loves what he does and he loves the relationship with the audience, and he had the most incredible set where there was these massive screens and the most amazing films were playing on these screens. I mean, when he did perfect, he had these dancers on the screen all like in lights. You know, um, the Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger and the guys in trying to kill people and he's got the light suit on they had that sort of light suit on but they were beautiful elegant dancers absolutely incredible but there was like loads like, we of course were in the vip area and we didn't know because that because you went as me because i went as you and we didn't know that so when we first got there me and my friend was saying she's not really your toilet. friend is she she is my friend she's my new friend and so we're like better use the cubicles because there's no one around and we don't want to get caught up so i'm saying to her i've got andrex wipes i've got toilet roll we're all right so we fought our way into these horrible cubicles only to find when we got our tickets that we had this lovely plush area we just went up the stairs no queuing and praise be to the lord above there was lovely toilets and cocktails and cocktails so we'd gone we'd gone to the cubicle for nothing We've gone to the porterloo for nothing. When I went to Glastonbury, I didn't go to the loo for three days. No, well, we just—I held it in. I reabsorbed it. Well, we just thought we're going to go before before we sort of get too bad and we need to go. So we went to the bar and we had a, a, a lady on the bar who put the service back into the service industry, and I say that very ironically. So I thought, I'm not driving, I want something nice. So Why weren't you driving? No, I was driving, sorry, I was driving, so I want something nice, but I can't drink. So I said, have you any coconut water? And if looks could kill, I would be in a coffin, in the grave, with a headstone right now. So she looked me up and down in that you asshole sort of way and went, no, just no. So I said, "Okay." I, I was, I was, I was so shrunken back by the look of it. I'll just have a diet coke then. So then she looked at Catherine and went, "And what do you want?" <gasps> <laughs> I was like, this is the VIP area. Be a bit nicer. Be a bit kinder. I only wanted coconut water. You would think I'd have asked for like coffee beans grown under the Himalayan salt sea of Atlantis? Do you know what I mean? Honestly, it was like it was so funny. So then Catherine said, I'll have whatever it was. And she just went to a completely different pump and pulled something out that Catherine didn't ask for. Catherine was like, no, that's fine. <laughs> we're not going to argue with you. You're obviously an angry person. So that was hilarious. And the the show was amazing, but we were sort of out of the VIP into nice plush seats. So that was, that was fantastic. But. But. Did you get
0: his saliva on? you? Yeah.
1: No, I don't think I want anyone's saliva on me. But
0: when I was front row at Prince, I got his saliva on me. No,
1: I'm not keen on the saliva thing. You want Prince's saliva? No, I don't. No, I don't want anyone's saliva. So the next day, not only did I see Ed Sheeran, the wonderful Ed Sheeran, I went to the other side. And the next day, I took my mum to see the drifters. Were they original
0: drifters, though? Because
1: one of them looked a bit young. Well, this is it. I thought, and I've been saying to my mum, I hope by the time we get to the show, they're still alive. I'm a bit concerned. I'm a little bit concerned, really, especially with COVID and stuff. I was a bit worried. Because they must be, like, in their 90s. And we got on there, and one of them come on, and it was younger than me. So I'm like, okay, there's obviously not the original Drifters, and apparently, because I was a bit put out, because I wanted, I wanted, like, you go with hot chocolate. It's still hot chocolate. It's still the original hot. If you the real thing, still the original real thing. Is the man from Hot Chocolate still alive? Yes, yes, and I think he still wears them white pant things as well. Those really tight sort of awful knicker things. Awful. So. This guy, these guys come on and, say, and like one of them's younger than me, and I'm like, okay. Apparently, in the last sixty years, they've had something like sixty-four changes of singer. So apparently, the Drifters is a copyright name, but the singers have constantly changed over the last sixty years. Well, why would you go then? Well, I didn't know, did I? I was expecting the, the originals. However, these guys were absolutely incredible, and and it's quite interesting to think of the difference between Ed Sheeran with sixty thousand you know people in there and it was lovely at one point when he sang perfect everyone got the torches on their phones and was waving it around and it was it was just so atmospheric it was fantastic then you compare it to like the drifters which is this small theater full of 50 plus menopausal women who know how to party much better than youngsters God, well, no, Ed Sheeran. I mean, it was a good atmosphere. Don't get me wrong, but you look down at the standing up area around the stage. No one was booging. I mean, there was me and Catherine, you know, jumping up and down and singing, and we couldn't talk afterwards. And then there's all these sort of young people, sort of in the standing area, and they were just standing there. And most of them was behind their phones. I think they watched most of it through their phone, which I thought was like, I don't
0: see the point of that.
1: Such a shame. But you compare that to the Drifters, like where it's it's an older lot. Did your mum get her knickers off? Well, I'll tell you what, she, she was a bit put out. She didn't go to Ed Sheeran. She was really angry with me. I didn't take her to Ed Sheeran. So she spent the whole night at the Drifters proving that she can party on down with the rest of them. So she sunk loads of gin. She was on doubles. And she literally danced the whole time uncontrollably. So you've got these these women, like, uh, everybody got up, everybody danced. It was a fantastic atmosphere. And the the, the little one at the end, this bloke, he was gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. So he, you know, when they do the introduction to the song, and he's like, does anyone want to come up to my place in this very sexy, sultry, Southern American accent? Very sexy. And for some reason, the screaming and the shouting all suddenly went completely quiet. Exactly the same time, I shouted at any time, like that. Any time. Any time. I mean, and I meant any time. He was absolutely gorgeous. Any time, any place, I'm there. He was lovely. But it went completely silent, just as that precise moment that I shouted that out.
0: Was this like when we went to see Milos in Darlington, the classical guitarist, and he's playing his instrument, and Nick says, I now know what he
1: looks like during sex? Yeah. Yeah, but you do, didn't you? He was so raptured. Lovely. That was a very nice thought for the day. So... It, it was amazing. So we had one of the, one of the guys was very Michael Jackson. He looked like Michael Jackson, and they did a few of that Michael I Jackson look, people, so I, in,
0: people in Richmond, in North Yorkshire, think I'm Michael Jackson.
1: I'm not. <laughs> because I've got the hair and the plastic surgery. No, this guy, he's this guy. So I walk I around Richmond going, ow, ow. Well, it was funny because I said to my mum, that guy looks very Michael Jackson. I bet they do some Michael Jacksons, which they did. He came onto the front of the stage. He was doing the 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 whole ew ah oh you know what I mean, and he's he introduced Shaman. a song, Shaman. Shaman. yeah, pretty much. And he introduced a song, and he was saying, you know, that would someone like to come and dance with me? And it was an introduction to a song, and he pointed Not to this yet. woman. No, no, I'll, no, I'll, I was holding out for the little one at the end. I was holding out, uh, focused. I'd attracted my beam. That was the one I wanted, but this woman bless her she was having a great time and she was a great dancer and she had this flowery this flowery thing and she she pointed at her and she took it literally next thing you know she's legging it up onto the stage and it was it was the highlight i mean they were amazing i'll go and see them again tomorrow But this woman was doing all this sort of like sexy dancing around him, stroking his hair and wiggling him. At one point, I think she put a a leg practically around his waist, dirty dancing style. And this guy was like, can someone call security? (laughs) Because it was hilarious. But she had a great time. And we all had a great time watching her. So I was like full on the whole weekend. It was I do nothing. And then the whole weekend I'm
0: partying. Well, talking about the older women in the audience having a lot of schutzpah, haven't they? Like your mum, who's in her 70s. Well, bloody hell,
1: yeah. And do you, remember, do you remember,
0: do you remember, Nick, that I wrote a piece, there was all this Davina McCall stuff on television yeah, uh, where she was talking about the menopause and there's all these podcasts about the menopause and, you know, she's saying nine out of ten menopausal women want to give up work and nine out of ten menopausal women have got brain fog and I was like hang on a minute don't make us less employable and so I wrote a piece for Mel Plus saying growing older isn't an illness it's part of life and There are lots of benefits to growing older. You don't care. You lose the caring hormones. You don't care what people think of you. You speak your mind. You tell policemen off. I'm always telling policemen off. Or
1: you get on stage and ride the singer like a maypole. Yeah. (laughs) And there was huge, huge,
0: huge, huge backlash to that from all the podcasters who had gone about the menopause and older women and saying I was anti-women and anti-older women. But finally, there was a piece in the Times this morning, and it was by some very educated scientists who said, it is ageist and sexist to portray the menopause as a deficiency that requires treatment with hormone replacement therapy. So there were women's health doctors are saying this. In the British Medical Journal, experts said it was wrong to medicalise. This is what I said. And I don't even have a medical degree, do I? You don't. I've got me A-levels. You don't. <laughs> to medicalise a natural process and promote the idea of reversing it with HRT, they said that instead of being seen as a period of loss and decline, the menopause should be celebrated for providing freedom from menstruation, pregnancy and contraception. But Caroline Noakes, chairwoman of the Women in Equality Sexual select committee said she was astonished the british medical journal is telling us to just get on with it she added none of us expect hrt to reverse aging but we do know it can help alleviate some of the symptoms of menopause so this controversial analysis which i wrote first and they wrote second they copied yeah copied 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 me copying lizzie It was written by four world-renowned experts in women's health, Professor Mara Hunter, Professor Martha Hickey, an obstetrician. They said, The message that menopause signals decay and decline, which can potentially be delayed or reversed by hormones, persists and is reinforced by the media, medical literature, podcasts, and information for women, often driven by marketing interests. You see... Getting older shouldn't be seen as a disease. It's part of life and you're yeah. still alive and it's a natural process. You can't protect people, particularly women, from every stage of their life. You know, adolescence, growing up, pregnancy, childbirth, being a mum, coping with ageing parents, the menopause. That is Life, and I'm afraid we can't just go seamlessly to our graves without having any after effects. And none of these programs, none of these podcasts, Davina McCall talks about the positives of getting older. Like, I don't care what people think of me. I, like I go to the co-op without wearing makeup, I go in my wellies, I've got my dinner down my front, and old jobbers on. There are benefits to being older. It's not just about pregnancy, not just about wanting a man to like you. It's liberating. And I think we should be celebrating older women. They're the ones who volunteer. They're the ones who are passionate. They're the ones who take up new skills. They take up gardening. They campaign for animals. They do stuff. Don't see growing old as as an illness. Mm -hmm. I used to fear growing old. One of the reasons I got divorced was because I never wanted my husband to see me when I was 50. It's insane it, that yeah, we should be told ageing is, is an illness and you need to take hormones so that you can still be moist. That's the word of the week, yeah. isn't it, moist? No, let's moist. not go
1: back to, moist. we've done moist. No, 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 we are done moist. I have more fun when there's not a man in the room in it Well, so do I, but that's with a trifle or a chip butty. But at the end of the day... Or a collie, Or a collie. But, I mean, I I, I disagree. I agree with you in terms of, yes, we should embrace getting older, that we get a lot from it. But it's not an illness. Getting older isn't an illness. I do think, though, if you've got symptoms and HRT will help, bloody well take them. I do. I mean, my mum's neighbour um, has just started HRT, and she's feeling, like, tonnes better. She was lethargic, she was tired... And my mum very helpfully said to me, Well, this, you know, HRT, she's really helped her. Might make you feel better as well. Go see the <laughs> doctor. Thanks, mum. I'm not menopausal yet. Thanks, mum. You must be. You must no, be. No, I took a test. You're didn't nearly I? 60.
0: I'm not. I'm 52. And I you took a test. You must be premenopausal. My test was negative. But I'm just saying that different stages of life, you don't have to manufacture hormones which are probably taken from mares not i don't know not anymore now they're not i just don't think you should put anything into your body apart from champagne
1: <laughs> yeah all right we well, are solving your symptoms one way a <laughs> different way
0: <laughs> but talking about aging we haven't got an archive this week we haven't no We've got a current feature. It's in You Magazine this Sunday, and I was in the office last week, and and this is the first time I've been in the office, apart from when Kate married William and American married Harry. So I went in the office last week and so I saw a proof of this feature. And this feature is about me losing my hair. And I saw the photograph. Oh now. No. I told everyone to keep the photograph from no. me. Do not show me the photograph. And the thing is, when you're in a studio with the photographer and you've got the makeup artist and you've got the hairdresser, and they're all saying to you, Oh, no, we, we, we just want really clean skin and minimal makeup, and you're going to look an amazing lighting. They said that to me when they did my facelift feature. They lull you into a sense of full security. I saw the photograph. No one on God's earth will date me after this photograph. Of I'm course. going to try and get it erased from the internet.
1: Oh, dear. It is
0: awful. I'm
1: sure you I literally
0: wanted to go on hormone replacements.
1: See, has its place. <laughs> has its place, Jones. Awful. There's bald me. Yeah, but you're not bald now, are you? It's growing back now. It is growing back. It's growing back, yeah.
0: Awful photograph, but basically this is the piece about hair loss... And I was wondering, my hair fell out pretty much overnight, and I was wondering whether it was hair loss because of being postmenopausal and hair thinning. So I went to see an expert called Emma Furlong, and she looked at my hair through a microscope and she said, My regrowth is, she measured the diameter of the hair of the regrowth. So mine was due to stress and illness. Basically my hair fell out overnight and it is growing back strongly because she looked it through through a map. Makes sense it month because month it's after
1: you had But I would ago. say
0: to anyone, any woman who's experiencing hair loss, go and see an expert because there are things that you can do. Mm-hmm. You could have massage, you can have serums, diet, supplements. I took a vegan gold collagen, which which really helps. It's good for your skin. You might think there's nothing you can do, and I. So many women emailed me saying I've lost my hair. I can't go out. I have to wear a hat. I've lost my identity. There are things that you can do, and yeah. they don't cost a lot of money. Just even massaging
1: your head when you wash your hair stimulates. Because actually, blood that to the was surprising, wasn't it? Because you, you, when you said like to massage it, you were surprised, weren't you? Because you kind of don't want to, do you, you? Don't want to make you when I, you like know, more. when my hair fell out. After I washed my hair and it fell
0: out all, all on one night, I didn't want to wash my hair again because no. I was so scared. And the whole piece in in New Magazine this Sunday is really about my relationship with my hair. And I remember when I got to first came to London in 1977, I went to Moulton Brown it was the first time I'd ever been to a hairdresser on South Mountain Street and I even remember the name of my first hairdresser and she called Mm. Ingrid and she was this beautiful girl and she said hasn't this got lovely thick hair and that was the only nice thing anyone had ever said to me Mm. and people do remember my hair but they don't remember anything else so I was sort of known for my hair and suddenly because it fell out I felt like I didn't know who I was anymore, you know. It was just really, I was so upset and you feel ashamed, you
1: try and hide it, you don't tell anyone. My head was so tiny. Well, even when you walk out of the hairdresser, even on the most basic level, when you go and you get your hair done and you walk out of that hairdresser's... I defy most women not to walk with a spring in their step because of the hair Well, dyeing. I it's never, important. even in 1977 when Ingrid
0: was doing my hair and at Moulton Brown, they were very innovative. They didn't do hair dye. They did vegetable washes. So I had virgin hair then and they did vegetable washes. And they had molten Browners, which you curled your hair. It was like a piece of wire with fabric to curl your hair yeah. overnight. Yeah. So you were like a hedgehog. And I just wanted to be like all these women with dark hair. I didn't see ma- very many of them in the media then. There was Janice Dickinson. And I wanted to be like Andy McDowell, who had these curls. Oh, so I remember yes. seeing Andy McDowell on the cover of Hopper's Bazaar. And I went to Morton Brown and I said, I want to be like Andy McDowell. So they made my hair curly with Morton Browners. Morton Brown never used hair dryers. Mm. You were upside down and you air dried your hair. Hair dryers were banned. Mm. So they were very innovative in those mm. days. So really it's a piece about what our hair means to us and how important it is and we want hair like Catherine Ross in Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. I was more in love with Catherine Ross's hair than I was with Paul Newman, mm-hmm. which is saying a lot.
1: I was going to say, but well, we do that, don't we? Look at like the lady Dye haircut you know, and uh, someone gets a the hairstyle. Rachel, the Rachel, uh, you know, it, it, it just goes mad, doesn't it? Everyone's walking around with the same hairstyle because hair is important to us. It is. But if you want to see this photo
0: of me, which is the worst photo I've ever seen of me in my life, you've got to read you magazine, but never talk to me about it. Do not mention it. Do not bring it up. Do not show me.
1: So running towards you with the the mag saying, look, I've got it. We'll go down badly.
0: Yes. (laughs) You can read this week's diary in full from Mail on Sunday's You Magazine. But do you want to hear about this week's column, which is as well as... So I'm all over You Magazine this week.
1: You're everywhere I'm, all, I'm
0: everywhere You're
1: everywhere Well we've actually had people writing in saying What happened? What happened with the incontinent have collies we? And the room? They want to know So we had the room the We had the collies. square pillows We had two incontinent collies If anyone can hear a strange noise in the background That's Boris snoring I don't not I don't know if the mic will pick it up But he's really really snoring
0: so my column begins, I've gone mad.
1: I have gone mad. I've literally gone mad. Is I've this, gone mad. Is this meant to be current or is this an archive? Oh? Is this meant to be current or is it an archive? You've gone mad? No, it's current. What do you mean? <laughs> You've been mad for a long time.
0: <laughs> oh, she's on a slippery slope, isn't she? Uh, I'm on fire. I keep watching videos of the rock star performing in 1985. I read all the comments, which, unlike mine under my column, are all adoring. He is 25 years old in this video, someone swoons. I watch him unplugged. I worry, as with David, that I'm living in the past. There is one note that sends me into raptures. I doubt he can even hit it these days. It isn't good, this sort of adoration. It creates too much pressure, and it never works being an adoring fan. Me being jostled in row A is going to be embarrassing. I remember spending a night with Michael Hutchins at the Dorchester, the occasion when, as I left, he said, in the manner of every movie star, pop star and celebrity chef I've ever interviewed, thank you for your support. I then pitched to a newspaper that I should review the next In Excess concert in Glasgow. They sent me a non-committal yes without helping out at all with getting a ticket, the train fare or the hotel. I bought my own ticket, went up to Glasgow, sat in my seat writing my review. The girls in the seats around me eyed me suspiciously. Are you a journalist, they said. Um, yes. Have you met him? Yes! Are you going to see him tonight? Do you know where he's staying? I told him I was reviewing his performance for a newspaper. Boom, boom. Eh? Boom, boom, reviewing his performance. You've spoiled my joke. (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) Which he seemed pleased about, though he did add, what? Marks out of ten in bed. But he hadn't mentioned to come backstage in Glasgow. There were no mobile phones in those days. So I filed out, followed by my new female friend's slash rivals, and found the stage door. They've already gone, covered in blankets, said a child sagely. The newspaper never did publish my review, and I never did get paid. You see, I've been burned before. I can't tell you what happened after our lunch, his risotto. He told me that's part of the deal. And you know what? Having told the world about my peccadillos, my bankruptcy, my plastic surgery in every little thing about the three and a half men in my life, I have decided to change the habit of lifetime and keep the night private. It won't last. All I can say is that I'm now brewing cystitis. Oh, God. TMI. My body, my column. Oh, God. Anyway, now I'm in that sad, awful netherworld where you're waiting for a text. After the vote for women equal pay contraception and on and on can someone stop partying and introduce a new law it should say that if you have technically had sex shared a bathroom filled in a little joint card to hang on the door explaining what you want for breakfast hang on hang on what's technically having sex what does that mean well i'll explain it in a minute okay right i love filling in the little card with my breakfast do you love doing that
1: no, I like
0: going down to the restaurant. No, the buffet. No, I don't do buffets. Oh, I love no, the buffet. no, no, no. I back. fill in the little card. It's like writing a letter to Santa. <laughs> anyway, the new law should say a man has to text reassuringly within twenty-four hours, or he receives a fixed penalty notice. I'm going to start a petition.
1: A few minutes ago, you didn't care. You were liberated. I keep looking
0: at my phone. I can't go into his messages. As he will see three little dots shimmering expectantly. I hate this. It's like waiting for my A level results. There was nothing, 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 but it's okay. He's probably driving or dead. I perform displacement activity, an oily bath, a chin tweeze, a solo walk with Missy Puppy. She loves her solo walk. She does. If you say she? solo walk to Missy, the tail <laughs> pumps, tail pumps, stress we. It's all good. Finally, a few days later, deadline looming. So as I open it, I'm thinking, thank God I need a payoff. I get this. Did I leave my jacket in the bar?
1: uh uh
0: Isn't that terrible? That's bad. It's not much of a payoff, is it, really? It's all they're going to get this Sunday. (laughs) But they've got me photographed bald. So what else do they want for their how much it costs?
1: <laughs> well, to tell it, maybe it's an invitation for you to say no. You left it in my car, or something like that.
0: No, no.
1: <laughs> and do you want no. to know what
0: technically means? I do want to know what technically means. If you don't achieve what Emma Thompson achieves in the film, and I think she was acting, so I wasn't acting. I've just I've stopped doing that.
1: Right. So that's technical that's, that's the definition is in yeah. technically. Right, okay. Well, Do you I've been, I've, that? Been, I've been technical all my life then.
0: <laughs> Every week lots of you get in touch telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. So, I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. you'd like to get in touch then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess
1: would you like to hear what the readers are saying let's just move swiftly on shall we we'll move swiftly on well we had a lovely email from naomi barker and i've spoken to her before she's not famous but hopefully she will be I spoke to her a while ago and she was writing a book and she was talking about getting published. So she's got back in contact and said, Hi Nick, I hope you're doing great. I've just read Liz's most recent column and it's so funny See and she called it a column. Well, I'm not being funny. No one is going to call it a diary unless they're going to wind you up if they listen to this podcast. I'm still always going to call it a it's diary. It's not a diary, it's a column. Well, you'll have to get them to change it from Liz Jones's diary to Liz Jones's column if you want it And I emailed my editor this week
0: because... I'm staying as columnist of the year till 2023. And I said, can I have a little crown put on my picture? And she said, no. Oh, it was just mean, though, Doesn't isn't mean? it? It's just
1: mean. Did you ask to change it to Liz Jones's column? <laughs> so that no one says that you're writing a diary. I'm not writing
0: a diary, I'm writing a column. What well, if you
1: call it a diary? Come on, what marry anyway, me, say? So she says, <laughs> what does everyone else think of this? It's a diary, isn't it? It's, it's not a diary. Show me some support. Um, so she said, I was reminded that last year when we touched bass, so I thought I'd send you an update. So, this is when we were talking about a book. My novel, Lola Delphine, is now available as paperback ebook and audiobook, which she narrates herself. And one of her oldest friends is a musical director for Ronnie Scott's Jazz Club. That's quite impressive, isn't it? And he's composed a beautiful score for the audiobook and is creating a fun soundtrack album. So, basically, she's going to send us over copies to read. Do
0: you know what I think the archive should have been this week? What's that? When I went with my friend for her birthday to Ronnie Scott's, not that long ago, and the Osama bin Laden yes, lookalike was that. by the bar, who I was deeply in love with, and my friend Dawn encouraged me to go over and he completely blanked me and ignored me. That didn't go well, Even it? though my friend Dawn said, oh, it's Liz, it's Liz Jones. She said he just completely blanked me. And I have actually had sex with improper sex, which wasn't technical. Not technical technical sex, oh my good God. And I had so much sex with the Osama bin Laden lookalike, I lost my voice.
1: I'm trying to work out how that works. I don't know how that works, I lost my voice. Either he's very. And he
0: blanked me at Ronnie Scott's. He blanked me, he (sighs) blanked me. He didn't even look in my direction.
1: Maybe it was because you were too loud.
0: I didn't say anything. My friend Dawn said, oh, Liz is here. (laughs) And he must have remembered me. And he was so handsome and he's still really
1: You don't think there's any chance it's because he's found out you call him Osama bin Laden, that he may not be overly chuffed with that one?
0: Yeah, but Osama bin Laden was very handsome, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, I know, but he was also like a nutter murderer. Yeah, but I just meant aesthetically. (laughs)
0: He was just this beautiful, beautiful man. <laughs> he may
1: not have taken a, it like a that. Huge afro, which is now silver. I didn't mind that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the fact that you, you're calling him the name of a, like a, a nutty murderer just—I was trying to protect well. his identity. God, but, yeah. Okay. Moving swiftly on. So I'm looking forward to this. So and and I think that's really nice because if there are a, uh, authors that have just got something out and. They've, you know, they're not established now. We'd we'd like to read their stuff, wouldn't we? Not just no, established Don't be so miserable, for God's sake. Right, moving on to Alison Reddick. She says, Hi Liza Nick. Two questions for you. Number one, what would be your must have for a year long stay on a remote island? Tweezers. Tweezers. That's yeah. it. I'd like a five star hotel with staff.
0: That's not allowed.
1: Why not? It doesn't. It just says a long stay on a remote island. It doesn't say desert island.
0: I'd have to have nappies for Gracie.
1: <laughs> if it didn't, if you were on a desert island, it wouldn't matter, would it? You could just wee alfresco. Okay, number two. What would you like your epitaph to be? Loved her collies. That's going to be on my gravestone. Loved her collies. Loved her. Okay, mine would be. Here lies Nicola Cruz, beloved wife of Tom. Mm. She achieved her dreams and died very happy. (laughs) I'd just be his perfect wife. But Tom Cruz would think you're just a lump. Yeah, but he could work it off me, couldn't he? For hours and hours and hours. (laughs) Well, that's it from us this week.
0: If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcast videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday, but for now, I'm Liz Jones.
1: And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.